This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. It's the final day of the 2021 season and the season finale of Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Twins are wrapping up the year in Kansas City. We thought we'd have some fun with our final Sunday show of the year. Kind of a season-ending roundtable discussion with a group of guys that combined to appear in 3,783 games, combined for 2,818 hits, and also combined for 1,469 and one-third innings pitch because Dan Gladden threw two innings in his big league career and this is going to be fun. Dan Gladden, Justin Morneau, Latroy Hawkins. Guys, thanks for your time. Thanks for having us. And looking Let's forward get to started. it. This is going to be fun. It's great to see you. And, Hawk, let me start with you. Uh, a week ago, Justin Morneau was inducted into the Twins Hall of Fame. It was a wonderful ceremony. Has his head gotten any bigger this week as you've been around him? <laughs> well, this is the first time I've been around him since then, but I doubt it. He's always been even keel. <laughs> You would know he's in the Twins Hall of Fame because he's not going to let you know. And his <laughs> actions won't let you know that either. But, no, he's going to be the same Justin Morneau as, he, as he's always been. Re- reflecting back on the weekend, you've had some time to process it. Did it go as well as you wanted it to? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I set a record, so it was okay. You did. Yeah. Yes, you did. <laughs> not a record everyone was looking for, but uh, you know what? I got uh, done. I got done, and they said, how long do you think it was? I said, uh, 14 minutes. I said, no. Uh, 17. No, not even close. So, you know what? Once I got up there, started speaking from the heart, and, and it, it felt good to, to be able to say thank you in front of a stadium full of people to so many people that had an impact on my career. And I don't know it was just a, it was a special night, and, and still uh, I don't know, still riding the high from that. I think. All right, now that you're in the Hall of Fame, can you do everything in your power to get my man Dan Gladden into the Twins Hall of Fame? You have some say now. That's a big, important committee. I, I get a vote. I, I agree. And it was uh, it was part of one of the most significant plays. In franchise history, yeah. and I'll have to I'll have yeah. to take a look, but uh, <laughs> it, might co- it might cost him a twenty or something. But uh, well. no, I, I'll take a. I, I don't know. I, I think I like it. a team hall of fame that. I just want the same beverage on the podium that you had. <laughs> I can arrange that. Yeah, I bet you can. <laughs> that was smooth. That was smooth. But guys, as we kind of shift uh, the conversation now to baseball and Danny, let me start with you. Uh, the season that the Twins had, nobody saw this coming. At what point did you? kind of look at things and say, okay, things have gone south and things went south in a hurry. Well, I just think, you know, once uh, Byron Buxton kind of went down because, you know, opened up the season when we left spring training, I thought, boy, we have a pretty good team here. There were still some uncertainties with some of the new guys, some of the veterans that uh, had come in. But uh, I thought, you know, we're going to be okay. Went to Milwaukee, opened up there, started the season pretty good. And then just kind of, you know, once Buxton went down, it's almost like you lost one of your leaders 
and then just slowly things started to sink a little bit slowly and slowly, and then finally uh, they just couldn't get things back right. Morning, how about you? Yeah, I think the biggest question mark for me coming out of spring training was how's the bullpen going to react? I lost a lot of arms. There was a lot of opportunities for guys there, and guys have stepped up, especially in the second half. But there were so many games that were lost early, and that really demoralizes a team. You know, When you're winning and you expect to win when you're leading after seven or eight innings, especially in today's game, those really affect your team confidence and, and how it's you know, affecting your mindset as those games goes along. It, it just adds pressure and it, and it builds, and then all of a sudden one thing goes wrong and, and everybody kind of has that hesitation of, uh-oh, here we go again. And, and it just seemed like it was such an uphill battle after that first month of the season, and, and guys started to get back on track, but it was just a little too late. You know, Hawk, you, you look back at the last couple of seasons, and the Twins, as, a, as an organization, tremendous strides forward in terms of pitching, in terms of strikeout rate, in terms of ERA, really competitive numbers. Looking back at spring training, were there any red flags, though? Were there any red flags as to, boy, the pitching numbers? There is some concern here because you look at the numbers this year, they're not good. The Twins really took a step back, a major step back in terms of pitching. Yeah, we, we definitely took a major step back. But, you know, coming out of spring training, I'm with Morneau. My concerns are always with the bullpen. Um, and for me, it's more, more of not the lack of talent, but probably the lack of way they're being used. And as you can see now, guys are in their roles. They know when they're going to pitch. They know what they need to do to go out there and get out. It's not, okay, you're pitching in the fifth inning this night. You're pitching in the seventh inning or the eighth inning tomorrow night. It's not. They know what they're going to do. And for a bullpen guy, that plays huge for your psyche. But for me, the deciding moment of the season for me was the game in Oakland. And I'm not pointing out, I'm not pointing the finger at Arias. But Colome, you know, he hadn't given up a run yet. Well, he gave up, given up a run, I think, and he had bases loaded. He made some good pitches. I think Blankenhorn made a, a area yep, at second, second base, base. Yep, and sure then did. he had the ground ball to third base to Arias, and he threw that ball away. And I know for me, and not not picking on Arias, not at all. But for me, it was like I was almost I was taken aback. Like I'm like that could be a defining moment for the team because they had I've been struggling, scuffling. It wasn't too far behind just yet, but that. That play right there for me was like the turning point of the season. And then everything else started to happen, the injuries and things like that. But, you know, the pitching is important. And having those guys that understand what their job is and being able to go out there and do their job consistently every night knowing exactly what they're going to do. You know, also, though, that was the trip, I think, that the COVID hit the Minnesota yep. Twins. Yep. So that kind of disrupted things. Remember, they didn't play for a couple Anaheim. of days. And then, like you said, a defining play during the season. There also can be that flip side the deciding home run, that deciding pitching performance that catapults your team in the other direction, in a winning direction. Yeah, that, that's what I kept going back to in the first half was the amount of home runs that the Twins were allowing was startling, specifically from the bullpen. It was a high walk rate early, but they just could not collectively keep the ball in the ballpark. And that surprised me. Did that surprise you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially with, you know, the way we methodically go through what, you know, each guy's skill set and, and what they do well. And, and you know, we, it's not like there's a lack of preparation there. It's not like guys are going into a game going, I had no idea how to pitch that guy. You know how to do it. And I think a lot of it was, was execution. And it was just, it was tough to, it was tough to see. And as I said, it, it is a, it's a weird thing. And I think I've mentioned this, I mean, amongst a hundred other things I mentioned, but I mentioned this in my speech the other night. It was, <laughs> 
we knew when that game got to the seventh inning, the ball game was over. And what that does for a team, it just takes pressure off your offense of having to score on those guys, those high leverage, high velocity relievers late in the ball game. And when you feel like you have to, as opposed to we're going to, really, that's when the, the pressure mounts. And 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 I think that's kind of what happened. This team's had trouble scoring runs late. They score early, but then late, it's been a, a challenge. And I think I don't think that having that extra pressure helps. Good morning, talking about the preparation. You know, yes, and that's lands on the coach's desk, and that they prepare these players. Here's your game plan to go about this, and sometimes that game plan is wrong. And I think that maybe they're going to look at that maybe at the end of the season and maybe come back and, and reevaluate what they're... But we get a game plan, or oh, they get a game plan. Forgot I'm retired. <laughs> but they get a game plan, but the game plan isn't the holy grail. Exactly. The game plan can be adjusted out there. If you see something, you and your catcher see something, you have full autonomy to change it. I don't think guys do enough. I think we're, we have guys who are more robotic as opposed to free thinkers and using the eyes and a lot of guys don't you have to trust your eyes you so, have to trust so are your you eyes. saying they're allowed to change it or they have you go, have you see seen them change yes. it okay well i mean i've seen some guys change it but you have the opportunity to do it because the game plan is not etched in stone but to me the 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 other factor in that is the catcher you've got some guys that are a little less experienced back there even garver who's a little bit older compared to the other guys he doesn't have 10 years behind the plate in the big leagues. And when you have a guy back there that says, man, that slider just isn't working today, or, or he's, he doesn't seem to have a feel to be able to locate that fastball. Our, our, our plan says, you know, hammer this guy in with fastballs, but every time he throws a fastball, he yanks it and ends up in the middle of the plate. And I think to have experience or have enough, enough trust as a catcher to go away from the scouting report and then be able to answer those questions when you get back in the dugout is something I think that takes a little bit of time. And I think the catchers, as much as anyone, have to be able to recognize that because you know when you lean on those guys and they see, they can tell you as well as anyone, yeah, your ball just doesn't have what it normally does today. we got to go. We got to change the plan and go with something else. All right, we'll take our first break on our Sunday show, having a good discussion here with Danny Gladden, Justin Morneau, Latroy Hawkins. Now, how do we fix this thing? We'll talk about that and more coming up. Inside Twins continues next on your home for Twins baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made as our roundtable discussion continues with LaTroy Hawkins, Justin Morneau, and Danny Gladden. All right, Hawk, we went through the first segment, all that went wrong in 2021. So how do we fix this now into 2022? Great question. We're going to have to find some pitching. We're a little short on the starting rotation side. Quinta won't be ready next year. We're a little short, and we might... We might have to go and look in some directions that we never never thought about. And I don't like to spend other people's money because <laughs> I'm not into that. No, I'm not into spending other folk money. But we might have, we're going to have to go out and find and be in the – we've got to be in the, the conversation with some of those guys that are uh, rotation guys are going to be on, on the market this offseason. And I think you're going to need to find – you know, you look at flexing in Seattle. Maybe a little unconventional – Overseas, where can you, yeah, yeah, where you can yeah. you find somebody that's pitching in Japan right now, or somebody that's pitching in Korea? Because as we've seen in the last few years, it's hard for us to compete for those high end. And we were in on Wheeler, we were in on Darvish. I mean, we we make calls, and it's, it's sometimes it's hard to convince those guys to come and sign here. So, yeah, you might have one reclamation project. I think we had a, a couple that we tried to get into the rotation, and and it's hard to rely on more than one guy, or or to rely on Wes Johnson to fix multiple guys in your rotation. So. Maybe you go a different market. Maybe you find one reclamation project. Maybe you have somebody like Joe Ryan step up. 
but then you're going to have to add somebody at the top of the rotation and and hopefully you're able, whether it's through a trade as opposed to free agency maybe you have to give up some young talent because there is young talent in the system so it'll be interesting to see how they attack that and and I think it'll start with are we in on any of these free agents can we get any of them to sign here if not we're going to have to change course quickly before all the pitching is gone. Danny, it's not going to be a drama-free offseason. I think the Twins are going to be a fascinating team to look at, study, because there is still talent here. There's still a nice offensive collection of talent with Bailey Ober and Joe Ryan. This is still a team that can make some noise if they add on in the offseason. Yeah, I think we all agree it's going to be pitching will probably be the focus, but I think like last year going into spring training, there was a pretty much – Position players were already kind of set up. There wasn't really battles for a job out there. And I think going into next year, I think it's going to be similar. I think a lot of these guys are going to be a year older. They're veterans. Those positions are going to be pretty much taken. I think uh, with the young players and and Larnick and Kirloff and Rooker, of course, and, you know, these guys have a chance to to contribute. So the question is going to be, who are you going to protect Joe Ryan with? I mean, Joe Ryan, to me, is a uh, breath of fresh air. He is fun to watch. Now, can you find somebody else like that? And if that's the case, it sounds like you're going to go young. And if you're a veteran player, do you want to be on a team that is going to be young and inexperienced in the pitching department? Hey, guys, I want to shift the conversation now away from the Twins, but just to the game itself. And the CBA is up December 1. And, Justin, we've had many conversations about changes to the game, maybe as early as next season. You're a fan of the pitch clock. I'm a fan of the pitch clock. I want to get Hawk and, and Danny, your take on that and maybe other things. But can a pitch clock solve many of the problems in today's game? I think so, especially after reading how it's gone out west and and to see how the players adapted to it. And I think – I don't know if you'll see it in the major leagues next year, but I think if you started at the minor league level from all the way – from the top all the way down and then guys come up and they'll, they'll be used to it and then maybe you, you wait a year or two – I think if you do it, you have to give guys a full spring training to do it. You have to give them a little bit of leeway. But hitters will adjust, pitchers will adjust, and, and maybe it brings into more contact. Maybe it reduces some of the velocity. Maybe guys don't have as much time to recover and can't go max effort. You know, maybe then we have to see more balls put in play. But, you know, I, I'm, I don't know. I always say I like the thought of the banning the shift and doing all that stuff, but I think we start with step one first and just see if we can quicken up the pace and go from there. Hawk, you've had uh, many conversations with uh, you know big league pitchers. Would they be for that or against it? I'm against it. Completely You're against, against it. it. Yeah. I mean, okay. you work so hard to get to the major leagues and then you get here and they want you to rush, hurry up to do something. But I watched a couple college games this year and they have the wristbands and they're looking in the dugout and they still finishing and getting their sign and getting on the mound in enough time. Um, with the shift, I think the shift should stay because why should the pitchers be, and we go back to pitchers and hitters, <laughs> why should the pitchers be penalized because the hitters can't make adjustments? And I don't think that's fair. You, stri- you, you, you put the, the uh, manager's arms behind their back. We know that the guy doesn't hit the ball to third base at all ever straight away third base 3% of the time. So why do we have to play a guy right there? It makes no sense to me. And I think Major League Baseball are belling bad hitters out. I think that uh, I can notice when a kid comes up a pitch that came from AAA, he's down there with that time clock. And you can tell the difference. He gets on the mound and he, like, in his mind is still on that t- that clock. Uh, the interesting thing is, do you want fans to come to the ballpark and not watch the game and watch the clock? 
and say, oh, he's got five seconds left, you know. And, and then all of a sudden the strategy, does the pitcher step off? Does he hurry up and throw over? Uh, you know, there's going to be some confusion uh, in that rule. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a believer that it's up to the umpire to, hey, clap your hands on, let's go, guys. Get in the box, let's play. I mean, I would have hated it as a player. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I spent as much time before we had this information really available. I, I spent as much time on my scouting reports, and I spent as much time knowing what a guy liked to throw 2-1 and what he liked to throw 2-2, and, and I didn't ever wanted to rush that process. And that's part of being a major league hitter is, is that chess game, you know, between that pitcher and the hitter. What's he trying to do to me? He knows my strengths. I know what his tendencies are. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time to process that information of the previous pitch was this, the next pitch is going to be this and, and you kind of go through that in the 30 seconds it takes you in between pitches as a hitter so you don't really want to disrupt that process either you don't want to see mistakes made based just on the fact that a guy was rushed as opposed to not executing his pitch so with the time clock also commercial breaks us too long while we can't do a split screen while the commercial is playing and you get split screen yeah. with the game but see i've been watching there's that, a think- couple things that we can do instead of making the, the pitchers and the position players and making the game go faster and my question where are we trying to get to two-hour games not going to happen yeah I- the game is always american league games have always been a little bit over three hours nationally was always just a little under until we started with instant replay and then everything's over three hours. Mm. All right, we'll take our last break, come back, and wrap up this roundtable discussion with Danny Gladden, Justin Morneau, and LaTroy Hawkins. Next, it's Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer on your home for Twins baseball. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to our season finale of Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Back with Troy Hawkins, Justin Morneau, and Danny Gladden. I'm Corey Provis, and the season will be over as of uh, about 4 or 5 o'clock today. Twins wrapping things up against the Kansas City Royals. And guys, I mentioned the CBA is up. Uh, Hawk, let me start with you. Any concern about a work stoppage uh, as you interact with, with today's player? Do you think that the sides will come to an agreement? Um, you know what? In my heart of hearts, I'm, I'm hoping that there won't be a work stoppage because we don't need it. Because, you know, everything that we've been through over the last 20 months. Um, but what the players gave up the last time and what they're trying to recoup this time, I just don't see where there's a scenario that it won't be a work stoppage. So, Hawk, in your career early on, you went through a work stoppage, and Danny, so did you uh, back in the early to mid-90s. If a player today, I'm not going to name a player, but if a guy came up and said, Danny, was it worth it? What would you tell that current player? Well, I would have to say under my circumstance, you know, I, I came up as a, a pl- assistant rep, so I had to go to all the meetings, and we had a 52-day strike during the season. Uh, we had three work stoppages, and, and finally it was just, uh, you know, arbitration. Uh, it was the, the TV package money that we always shared with the ownership. Uh, it's never, nobody ever wins. The fans are the ones that lose, uh, out of it. But 
you know, at the same time, you know, the, the players is the product that the people come to see, and the owners reap that benefit, and it's a matter of cutting the pie up. It's like your kid. When you give them some ice cream, they go, Dad, give me another scoop, please, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's, okay, look, can we talk about it? Yeah. But I, I just think that uh, – what are some of the issues this year That's what I was that, that ask would you guys. stop? Yeah, what, what do you think the players' number one issue is in terms of in terms of negotiation? Well, to me, it's player and fan related. When the best players available aren't in the major leagues on the field when they should be, that's the biggest problem. So the service time suppression, I think, is a big thing. And then cutting veteran guys out because they start making a certain amount of money and they're easily replaced with. Guys with no experience who can make the minimum. So to me, does that mean raising the minimum up? But they're less less talented also. Well, they are, they're less experienced too. You see a lot more sloppy baseball. You mm. see guys who don't know how to run the bases. Guys are up here because they're making less money, not because they're better players. So I think you have to fix both sides of that. You have to find a way to, to, to meet and go, you know what? We're trying to find out what's best for the game of baseball and best for the people who are watching it, who are paying their money to sit in the seats. They should see whether it's somebody who's in AAA, who's the best prospect down there, who should be in the big leagues, or something along those lines. They need to fix that part of it, and to me, that is number one. Hawk, you have the final word. Go ahead. How do you fix that part? Who's to say that he should be in the big leagues? Because we see so many guys get rushed to the big leagues, and they're not ready. Now we're trying to teach at the big major league level, and I think that's the biggest issue for me. We're teaching guys at the major league level things they should have learned in A-ball. Absolutely. That's a problem. That's That that just takes away from all the other stuff they should be learning. Well, hopefully we can uh, find a resolution. Guys, I enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Latroy Thank Hawkins, you, Justin Morneau, Thank the you. great Danny Gladden. Guys, enjoy your off-seasons, your family, and look forward to 2022. I'm optimistic, right. okay? We're going to have 2022 baseball. We better. And I'll see you guys down at Fort Myers. Danny, I'll see you in Arizona. you got a great setup. <laughs> yes. All right, guys, thanks a lot. Thanks, Corey. Uh, we thank uh, you for listening. This has been a fun conversation with both LaTroy Hawkins, Danny Gladden, and Justin Morneau as well. I'm Corey Provis. It's been a fun season of Inside Twins, and we are getting you set for the season finale of the Adana Realty pregame lineup card. Chris Atterbury standing by with that coming up, and then we'll have the third and final game from Kauffman Stadium Twins against the Kansas City Royals to wrap up the 2021 season. Hard to believe this thing flew by very, very fast. Stay tuned. More to come on this Sunday afternoon right here on the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Stay tuned. Chris is standing by with today's pregame show next on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.